Let's go. Let's go. Episode six, BNBFC. Brian and Brett back with you again. Brett had a really cool idea for a podcast. I'm not 100% sure what he wants to talk about, but he was really passionate. We had to hold our phone conversation because he wanted to talk. We, it's, uh, it's the hardest thing to do sometimes because we think when we're trying to do these podcasts, we'll start talking about ideas and we want to go in debating it right away, especially if we're feeling a strong type of way about it. But the topic that I wanted to uh, cover today, it's a range of topics, but it has, just has to do with the way that the transfer market's gone uh, the way that players go to teams now, the way that players treat teams, treat fans, but also more importantly, how boards uh, have basically forced players to act these ways or the way that boards treat players. And it just seems very wrong. And I, I feel a lot of the times the fans are impacted, but the fans aren't uh, necessarily um, innocent either in this. So I just wanted to talk about all of these dynamics. So just to kind of carry into the topic, just to get a sense of it, because it's a mismatch of things. But it really spurred from that uh, Todd Boley, Mudrick's hijacking, where Mudrick basically went, uh, you know, really liked Arsenal, whatever, but went to the team with that put up more money for, for his previous team. And then uh, got more money out of it, out of the contract deal for himself. And one of the things that it just hurt, like just being a fan involved with this, is that like players are only loyal. Like it just seems like people are playing more for money now than like loyal to loyalty to a club. But then on the other hand, I look at like say what happened to Messi, where he tried to be loyal to the club, and the and the uh, board tried to rake him through the coals, tried to leak contract uh, demands. Some of them were true, some of them weren't true. You know, and they also shame players that, like Harry Kane, for example, guaranteed will get shamed by the board. He got shamed last year when he wanted to leave, and he's been just an absolute great servant for Tottenham. Nobody would blame him, not even Tottenham fans, for wanting to leave, and the board shames him, but the board would sell him in a second if he wasn't performing. So it's just one of those things. And then you have the City fans, where we were talking with Guardiola in the last podcast, where it just doesn't seem like there's fan support. Like they just demand success. And it's, it's just, it just doesn't feel like an organic football atmosphere or like being a, what a fan used to mean, what playing for a club used to mean. Like we just have mercenaries. And then also the board, there's no, like they do not care about raking a player and forcing them out, even if they've been a great servant. So now that I kind of talked about it a little bit with more still pretty broad, do you have anything to add about this? Because I will go into Juventus and I will absolutely off that team because they're a joke. But go ahead first. just to... there's, there's three layers to this for me because you, you talked about problems with kind of the three distinct biggest actors in the football arena, the players, yeah. the management, the board, directors, whoever that, and the fan base. It's kind of think of it as a triangle of how these entities are interacting with each other and I think there's the monetization of football has become huge. We think about transfers. We thought 80 million for Cristiano Ronaldo in 2009 was, was a ridiculous amount of money for, which, and looking back on it, that was cheap. Yeah. And I see it almost as a red flag when we talk about Mujic. Do you really want to sign a player that is just there for the money? No, not at all. Not at all. The way Trostor danced to me. I think Trossard's going to be a better signing than, than Mujic. And, and 
players getting on these eight and a half year deals or whatever the hell Mujic got seven and a half years, I think. It's just, it's ridiculous. It's going to players' heads. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily the performances aren't matching that. It's kind of taking all those mid-table teams just can't compete right now. I think there's just a layer of entitlement within the players that they think they've had six or seven, ten good games and think, oh, I deserve 200K a week and I deserve to play at this club when that entitlement is is ruining it and, and they don't deserve that at all. What the main idea, I guess, I just thought of right now that I think the main problem is is it used to be that players and fans didn't look at the club as a business. I know the board always has to look at it as a business. And I think the board has even went too far with it, but I just think now you have fans that are entitled to success, you know, and they want, they're not going to wait because there's lots of like if the board and management listen to Arsenal's fan base, we would, we wouldn't have Arteta. So it's just one of those uh, entitled to success things, but it's also players seemingly the mercenary effect where now they're treating soccer as a business where they're, you know, if times get tough, they're looking at where's the next contract. I want to leave. I want to do this. I think I'm entitled to champions league football, which brings me to freaking Juventus. That team is one of the, I, the Italy league. Okay. The Italian league has to be corrupt FC. One of the most, Brian said this, that it has to be the most corrupt league that you've ever seen it's just time and time again you see corruption all over the place but Juventus getting minus 15 again what highlights this is a couple of things one Ar- Arsenal tried to sign Valovich and he wouldn't pick up the phone huge disrespect to Arsenal like he was like you guys aren't in Champions League you're not worth my time well I'm sorry you were playing on a team that wasn't even challenging in the Italian league and you automatically think that you're entitled to the Champions League without having a conversation. Like, where's the big-headedness where you feel you're entitled to certain things like that? And it just makes me smile that there's no possible way this guy's playing Champions League next season. Doesn't look like, like it. He's already Unless going. he wants his, his next move out to go. Oh, yeah, he's probably answering Arsenal's calls now. Yeah. You know? And, and it's just like, why would you ever want a player like that that doesn't want to, like, you think about some of the old players. I think about this player in this way a lot. But Wayne Rooney was one of those classic players that it didn't matter how hard it got at United. He was trying to lead that team to success. Like, he was fighting. That crest was right on his shield going into war. And he, no matter who he had on his team, you're going to do that. Locatelli's another one. Juventus calls. He thinks he's uh, deemed, he didn't, won't even have conversations with clubs. So it just seems like people and more the players now think that they have this divine right. And I don't know if it's because of the transfer market where people are, players are overvaluing themselves. All it takes is one player to get sold at a level that just seems yeah. ridiculous because Mujic can look at Anthony and say, well, Anthony was an 80, because there's, there's a lot of 22 year old players, 21, 22 year old players that are good. They have potential. We don't know if they're going to fill that potential. But one or two of those players is going for 80 million. And then the whole raft of them are looking at that and saying, well, I'm a similar quality player to so and so. And I deserve that much money too. But what about like with, well, I just want to say this. But when you look at, um, like, say the Neymar deal with PSG, the whole reason, like, that's almost highlighted the whole problem with, with on the player side. 
where he feels he's the best player without having anything to back it up. Like he was a great player for Barca. He was not Lionel Messi. Not at all. And he thinks I'm the man I want to go. And you're entitled to go do that. Okay. You got a great fee for your club. That was the right way, but just the attitude. Now you see players that are forcing their way out, but not to get going the players too much because the same way the board, you know, they, they sign these, you know, now they're signing these eight years, seven year deals and guarantee you four years in, if that player's not performing or that player wants to make a change, like Mudrick, for example, could, he's 22 right now, could be 26. Okay. Could be in the prime. And if Chelsea's a crumbling mess, he's going to want out. And if, if you've done four years of your best, you know, five years of your best for a club, you know, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be handcuffed. Like Harry Kane should have been allowed to leave last year. Like there, that was so rude and unjust to treat your players like that, to, you know, handcuff them in a contract. But then when you sign those contracts and the player's not performing or the way that you want, or it's more financially beneficial to you, you're going to force them out and stuff like that. It's ridiculous. Well, I just, wonder, is a solution here, North American sports have salary caps on, on a lot of different things. Should there be a salary cap in terms of how much it, because financial fair play is ridiculous in some ways. I don't know how it makes sense. I, I'm not an expert in it, but I know it kind of takes into account the revenues that the team has, things like this, but it just seems ridiculous because I, I read that Chelsea could spend, since since when Bowley came in, they could spend up to 700 million pounds and still be under FFP somehow. And that makes no sense to me. And, and the mid-table teams are going to get left in the dust. Um, it, it's becoming it's like each league's just becoming a, and And we see... Because I think the last thing that people want would be to see the Premier League, La Liga, Serie A to become like Bundesliga and Ligue 1. And, and Ligue 1, having one team that's going to dominate yeah. dominate so much. And I think we could be heading in that direction with two or three teams and then everyone else has no chance. Like it, I think we all like seeing that Leicester story or fairy tale story of them winning the title, but that's not going to happen ever again the way things are going. Yeah, the, so the salary cap's worrying because you want to be able to pay players what they deserve. Like, like Connor McDavid in the NHL, they have a salary cap. He's worth way more than his contract. You know, I think currently this year he's is twelve and a half, and it's it's like he deserves way more than that. Like he he might go down as the most talented player ever. Like he, but he um, but in in soccer you have players like there's no doubt that you know, the Messi's and Ronaldo's in their peaks deserved, you know, the five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars that they were getting each week. I know it sounds like a ridiculous amount of money, but when you think about how unbelievable those players were, like Mbappe doesn't deserve that money. But somehow he's argued it. the solution might be in a combination of things. Like I don't know if you could find a salary cap that didn't impact players because the salary caps in the NHL uh mostly impact players they, they keep the, the teams in check as well, but it, it really limits, it just brings salaries down collectively for players, which I don't want to really see. But the NBA does a really good job where you're entitled to max contracts. So the incentive is with the, um, in the NBA for people that aren't familiar, is that you have a salary cap, so you're limited to certain contracts and all that. But you get, if you stay with the team, for a certain amount of time, I can't remember. I think it's five years, four years. 
they uh, you're eligible for a max contract, which is the highest possible contract you can be given. And that really incentivizes players to kind of stay with their uh, with their teams and not just be a uh, mercenary that we see and then, you know, get get to the, the highest bidder. But the other thing is the NFL also has a lot of the, I mean, soccer does this too, you know, football does this as well, but they have incentives for, or um, what's it called? Performance, uh, performance bonuses. But the NFL has really big performance bonuses. So like your salary might be this, but you might get your salary twice if you if you make these benchmarks. So that might be maybe the the performance contracts like in the um, in football aren't enough. Like you talk about Arsenal signing Trossard for twenty million, and they'll get an extra six million, like the club will for their performance. Well, what about that money goes towards the players? So now they're playing for. For extra money maybe it needs to be more than just you know if you're getting if you're getting i don't know 20 million a year i don't think you care too much if you get an extra two million yeah you know so i don't know how they're going to fix it but it really needs to find a way to because i think the the player's reaction is only towards how boards you know like look at the way barca did treated all they tried to force de Jong out they were mean to him yeah awful to him. well and barca too you just yeah. look about a story of almost financially collapsing like they've managed to play decently well but that could have been look like a club like barcelona for just a few years of idiots running this club just yeah. straight into the ground one of the great cathedrals of football at camp new and for this club to almost become nothing like how detrimental would that be for football 100 years from now if barcelona is not here anymore yeah you should find yourself a woman get married at the camp new yeah <laughs> but one of the things that might be because i'd love to see a greater emphasis whether you reward them or whether you or whether it's restricting the amount of players that you can bring in that so many players in your squad have to come through your academy i know currently that exists in the premier league i think you have to have eight players that have been trained what they call homegrown were trained in england trained in england for at least three years between their 15th and 21st birthdays but I also wonder if that number should be higher. Because I think one of the some of the best clubs that you see, like Manchester United's class of 92, 93, whatever the heck they call it, that had the Neville brothers and Giggs and Beckham and people like that. I'd love to see greater emphasis placed on having clubs developing their, their youth academies instead of just putting all this money out into the universe and hoping that they get get this player. How does how does a team look like with board corruption? Like Juventus, how do they not get like? Why are they seemingly always on top, even after the many years of punishments and things like that? Is it because they're expertly run? Is I don't know. I, I can't help but feel they sometimes might be getting they might they might get caught for some things, but they still might be doing things that they that aren't right. That because that's the one thing as supporters, I don't think we really see the inner workings of. We see deals get done. We see the handshakes. We see the press conferences. But for me, I think the Italian game in general, all of those players, Juventus, it's a very proud club. And I think it was devastating to them because I think that's one of the biggest kind of dynasty accomplishments is that they managed to win the Serie A title 10 years in a row. And, and we, I think, both agree that Serie A is a generally competitive league. So that's so impressive. And, and the pride might have devastated them so much that they're looking to 
we need to be crooked now if we want to get back on top. I think it would really hurt a team like Juventus to kind of fall, even though they're still a top four team in that area. But to go from being at the pinnacle of the Italian game for 10 years to not, I think that hurts. And mm-hmm. I think they wanted to respond in a crooked way to try and get back to where they were. Like you have like some of the players on that team. I already talked about the Valovich and Lopatelli thing with Arsenal, but in some ways I feel bad for them because they didn't ask for that. Like if you want to stay in Italy because, you know, like Locatelli never wanted to leave the Italian league and he wanted to play for the quote unquote best best club in Italian football. But like I feel bad for say Paul Pogba. Like he left a bad situation at United and you know, he wasn't innocent. The board wasn't innocent. You know, but then, you know, he goes to Juventus and like, I wouldn't blame him if he wanted to leave Juventus now, like, is, but he'll get bullied or, you know, oh, how could you just leave like that or whatever? But like, why are players asked to be loyal, you know, by fans, you know, when the board have been so shit and horrible to them in all these unfair scenarios. And now the players feel bad because now the, the fans are mad at them and all that. So I just like how would you respond if you were a player in that if you were a Juventus player right now just coming in? Well, I don't. It's 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 scary, and, and but you're seeing this in in all different clubs, and and I think to to some extent, and not the players are innocent all the time. There's been noticeable examples. If I'm just going to make the other side of the argument, you see people that are on a massive contract and just running it down so they can go it on a free. Yeah, and I don't know if that. And it's kind of like fighting fire with fire. They're pissed off at what the club's done to them, but two wrongs don't necessarily make it right. So I've seen that on the player's side. Gareth Bale, I think, is this guy spends more time on the golf course than he does on the pitch. Yeah, no, players are definitely not innocent, but but I don't. But is that a response to what they're seeing from the board and their way to fight back, or is that just them being dickheads? Maybe a bit of both. I don't know. It's a tough problem to fix because it. I don't know. It's a lot of people that would be saying, well, we're doing this because this, the player's doing that and the player's doing this because the board didn't treat it right. But I think players are definitely getting more elevated in their mentality that they're, they're owed success. And and also I think the bad step that boards have been doing, I think they've given select players way more power than they deserve. We jokingly talk about that new contract with Kylian Mbappe, him wanting Neymar out and we jokingly say that Mbappe is the director of football for PSG I think we're bringing in a joke (laughs) I think we're seeing a select number of players and the board lets them get away with this or thinks they're too valuable to to not let them have this but I think that's dangerous I think we've shown some of the most successful clubs throughout history once a player got too big for the club, they were gone. That was always Manchester United's approach under Ferguson, and, and they had sustained success for many, many years under that model. Ronaldo was getting to that point, sold them. And isn't it more like Martinelli? I love that guy. Like he's like they asked him about his contract negotiations, and he just said, "Just give me a pen." Like I, I love this club, all that. But wouldn't it be, like, it just seems people don't care about the journey anymore, whether it's the board, whether it's the players, whether it's the fans when we're talking about City fans. But it is so satisfying, just speaking on my own terms, watching Arsenal for the past six years and seeing all of their failures, which is hard, but now seeing, like, the progression 
and seeing what they're capable like that's so much more instead of just like it's it would be really easy to just move to oh i'm a city fan oh i'm a what like that to me is not what being a sports fan is about like you got to take take the shit so to speak and but nobody wants that they, they want they almost want to play the game on easy mode rather than you know, feel like they've achieved something. They just want the result or the the trophy on their cabinet rather than feeling like they really earned it. So, and not that's just not directed at players. That's directed at all three, you know, the board, the fans, and the players. You know, you have fans that have been fans for, you know, a year, and they're talking about, oh, well, my club's done this, my club's done that. But you, you really don't know. You don't have those feelings attached to it. You're just talking about numbers, you know, so... I don't know. I, I, the money thing gets me because if you're playing at a club like Arsenal United, top six team in England, top team in, in any of the five leagues, you're making good money whether you're a sub player, whether you're. Because for me, then maybe I don't understand the what if they. It just makes no sense to me how because I would be just as happy in my life making ten thousand dollars a week. Like for me, once you get into that level of money. It doesn't like I'm not going to be any happier making ten million dollars a year than I would be making one million dollars well, a year. Just the devil's advocate that Saudi Manu's turned his is in the process of turning his home village in Africa into a city. Yeah, but there's people yeah. out there doing great things with that yeah. that money. So I just I don't want to limit those people. You know, like you don't want like I would never want to limit Marcus Rashford's money. Just be just to fix the problem, I would never want to. Uh, Sadio Mane's money, probably Ronaldo's. <laughs> like he could have a limit, but you know he had enough hair gel. Okay, <laughs> you don't need that many cars. Like I just wonder which car he hasn't driven in like three years. So that's just where you can just the money side. I I want it because there's people that do really good. So, but on the whole, the number that do that versus the number that are. Not squandering it, but buying things they don't necessarily need. Why you need twelve cars? Yeah, I. But one of the things it is so fucking satisfying that, like Dusan fucking Valovich, I honestly that guy is so frustrating, and he's been linked with Arsenal. He's also been linked with United, but it's like you know, lots of clubs are after him. He's like, I want UVA, you know, Champions League, big club, biggest clubs in the world, and you're entitled to feel that. But when things get rough on Juventus, don't be asking to leave. You didn't you didn't join Juventus. Remember, you joined Juventus because you liked a big club. You is the biggest club in Italy. That's where you always wanted to play. It shouldn't matter if you're playing in the mid-table for the team that you always wanted to play for, you know? So. It just makes so many players hypocrites because mm-hmm. they, they make these statements when they join the club and tell oh, it's not about the I've I've dreamt about playing with this club. And how do we know that's not bullshit? A lot yeah. of, a lot, pretty much a lot of transfers, guys come in and, oh, I've dreamed about this team since I was a little kid. And then yeah. the next year they've dreamed about playing for the other club that they're wanting to go to. The look on their face, like Smith Rowe. That guy ever changed? That way I would be devastated. Like that would be the ultimate betrayal. That guy loves Arsenal. I believe it. Don't hurt me, Smith Rowe. One of the things I'd love to see a little bit more of is maybe a co-op run club. Like a bunch of fans, just to see how things would change and and how that would go as we have fans actually voting too. And maybe this exists and I just don't know about it. But you see, see kind of fans having more influence in how how things are running. And I know some positions are elected 
in Spain, for example, I don't quite know how that works if yet with how, how what the eligibility is to vote, but I think that be might be more interesting to bring more accountability. Well, if you're Todd Bowley and Chelsea fans, you already have input. Chelsea Todd Bowley was like on Twitter or something the other day, like putting a poll on like who he should sign next or something. I don't know if it was like a, a fake account, but it looked like his real Twitter handle. So Todd Bowley's just, he doesn't know what to do so much. He's asking the fans to do a poll. So. Well, the guy's clueless. Oh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but, it, but it just makes no sense that why you allow, because I get why you might want to own a team if you're an American, but you have to hire people that actually kind of know what they're doing to, to run this. Because I'm thinking we could do better. You and I could run a team and, and make better, more shrewd transfer decisions than what Chelsea's doing. Oh, and I'm not that. even saying that, to, that, and that we know a lot about football. Like it, you don't need to know much to know that, okay, we've got gaps here. Let's buy another player where we've got all kinds of depth. Well, and I think if we were both uh, owners of a team, like I think that we would not put that solely on ourselves and the first decision would be hiring other people. Yeah to make those decisions or like to hire, to be involved with those decisions. Uh, Todd Bowley, like he, you know, he's a baseball owner and he thinks he knows who's, who's a good DM, you know? So I don't know. The, the perfect owner to me is that lesser owner. I, um, well, not the previous owner, but the, the current owner, um, because, you know, when they won the FA cup, he was on the, he was on the field with them celebrating like he was a true fan but one of the things with Leicester I know they're not playing very well right now but like his owners hired a team and got people to try to make the best decisions for that club it's not been going well but he was a fan and he didn't go oh I he really wanted that club but he didn't just go I'm gonna be in sole control or whatever sometimes it's like even with players it's time to say goodbye to your club to do the right thing by the club so it's just one of those things where Sometimes having all of your uh, fingers on the buttons aren't aren't necessarily the right thing. Well, I think we're done for this episode. Uh, tune in next time to BNBFC. Uh, try to find us on uh, all those social medias. And even if you find uh, Brett or Brian on any of the social medias, hit us up with some of your ideas for more episodes. See you in the next one.